After Hours. Well, all right. Welcome to HR After Hours, the only HR podcast that will give you the login info for our premium Pornhub account, you know, <laughs> so you can see all the good stuff. Hannah Hampton, how the hell are you today? Well, I'm good, but you never shared that password with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I it, it, I'm logged on it so frequently mm-hmm. that I don't think I don't know if two people can be logged on at the same time. But I'll gotcha. uh, I, I'm I'm working on that. I'm trying to curb that my makes more sense. activity, so um, mm-hmm. making a little more time for important things like you know work and podcasting and family. What about you? Just been working. Uh, you know, I'm I'm feeling optimistic that we're getting towards the end of this darned pandemic. I look forward to the summer when things are forecasted to be better. So that's my light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, I know that you are, you're one of the few people that have been diligent in your pandemic practices as far as not going out. I don't think you've been in a restaurant, but almost over a year now. Over a year. March of 2020 was the last time I set foot in a restaurant. Of course, I've had delivery and carry out to continue to support my local restaurants. But yeah, I haven't done, I haven't been in a movie theater. I haven't been in a restaurant. I don't, I actually haven't even really done any shopping indoors because everything is either curbside or delivered to my house. So I'm, you know, at the end of the day, my whole purpose is I feel like I'm going to be on the right side of history. I can say with lots of confidence that I most, you know, most likely did not spread to COVID because I have stayed in. And certainly I don't think I've had COVID, but who knows that, you know, there's the asymptomatic stuff, but I can proudly say that I did everything I could to help stop the spread, and I'm darn proud of that. Well, I did want to give you your shout out because I didn't want you to start shaking your rake at all the people that are out not practicing safe, safe I know. social Come on, people, distancing. Hold on. A little longer, a little just longer. a little longer, people. Jeez. I figured since I know the pandemic is still on the top of your thought process, uh, use it to discuss some of the fallout slash long-term effects, short-term effects, et cetera. And I think you found a really cool HR Morning article from, I think it was just last week, but it's about how COVID's going to impact HR down the road. Yes. So there was a great article found on HR Morning, and it's called Five Ways the COVID-19 Crisis Will Transform HR's Role. And it's it's by Tim McElgin. Elgin, I hope I'm saying the name right. I feel like we could have a great podcast of us just mispronouncing people's names. (laughs) But either way, want to give credit where credit is due for the article. But I thought it was great. There are um, things that HR is going to have to deal with once things go back to quote unquote normal. You know, COVID will never go away, but it won't be a pandemic forever. But there's a lot that human resources will have to permanently add to their things to uh, consider in the workforce. And what I'd like to do is quickly, I'm going to go through the five things that uh, the author talked about. And then, you know what, we'll discuss some of them. We don't have to talk about all of them because I think some of them might be pretty um, self-explanatory, but there's a couple I think would be fun for us to talk through. Does that sound like a good plan? Sure, I think we may even argue a little bit. Let's see what happens. Yay, that'll be fun. Okay. (laughs) 
<laughs> so here's here they are. Number one, remote work will be a permanent feature for more organizations. Number two, nurturing culture gets more challenging in dispersed workplaces. And I could probably talk about that one for hours. Number three, talent acquisition and retention remains critical. And to me on that, I feel like, okay, it's always been critical, but remains. There we go. We'll go with that word. Then engaging a remote workforce. And then number five is accommodation and compliance. So um, those are the five things that the author says will transform HR roles, HR's role. So let's talk about the first one. The first one is the one that I'm most excited to talk about because I feel like there's going to be a lot of opinions on this one. But it said remote work will be a permanent feature for more organizations. I will say high level answer is, well, yes, of course. Businesses have now figured out how to make it work. And, you know, in the, in the article, it says, luckily for most employers, the technology and communications inf and the communications infrastructure needed for successful remote work are available to the employees. Of course, a lot of companies really had to pivot so quickly to make this happen. But now, you know, once uh, people start returning to offices, they're going to see more and more people going remote. So what do you think about that one? I'm kind of with you as far as the way it's worded is remote work will be permanent feature for more organizations. Yeah, I think that falls under, duh, but it is a conversation, right? It's obviously going to be with more companies because there are some companies, whether you want to say it's because they're a little old school or just yeah. the way the culture was that they wanted the people engaging in person. And some people just, they believe that, that, you know, face-to-face -face interaction is how you get things done. And I don't necessarily agree with that in some cases, mm -hmm. but people have had, companies have had to adjust to it. We've seen people adjust to it themselves. And that's something we'll talk about in one of the upcoming uh, topics. This was, is the time that a lot of CEOs were able to convince the owners of their companies that not only can we do this during a pandemic, but there are ways we could reduce our overhead as making this part of our business model. And that's where we're seeing, and it's going to impact commercial real estate down the road too. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But some of these companies that had five, six, seven stories of one high rise, and I do a lot of work in Manhattan, are going to go down to one or two with those meeting spaces versus mm -hmm. individual offices and shared offices. And in some cases, it's going to save companies hundreds of thousands of dollars or more. So it's going to there's going to be a payoff. Absolutely. It'll become there will be more companies that utilize it. That's a no brainer. How other companies utilize it and if they use it effectively, I think is where the question lies. Well, and I, I also want to point out, too, like, yes, I think businesses now realize that they can do this, but I think. If you would have asked employees six months ago, they might have been like, hey, this is a great setup. I want to continue working from home forever. But I feel like now after a year of this, people are saying, I miss the office. I miss my commute. That was my me time. That was that beautiful separation between my work and my home life. So I think 
Yes, I feel like remote work is here to stay, but I feel like it's going to be, you'll see more hybrid where people spend a couple of days in the office, but a couple of days remote as well because they're missing the interaction with their coworkers. I mean, I know I've read articles about, you know, you're missing your work BFF. You're, you might, it might be somebody you never spent any time outside of work with, but when you're in the office, that's a lot of hours with that person. So you're missing those interactions. So I feel like, not only are companies gonna you know, embrace remote, but also figure out a way to change the office space and changing the workspace to be able to accommodate a, a hybrid model where you might have some work coworkers at home that day, others in the office, there'll be more meeting spaces, maybe hotel, more hoteling for, for people who maybe want to spend more time outside of the office. The way we work is permanently changed because people do want more flexibility. I, I don't, it's one of those things I feel like gone are the nine to five days, the banker's hours for many offices because there is more flexibility and people realize like I am, some people might be more productive later in the day. Some people are more productive earlier in the day. Why not work towards when you can do your best work and when you're the most inspired? As a matter of fact, you bring a really valid point up. You know, people do miss that face-to-face -face interaction. Mm -hmm. They don't need it every day, you know, for eight to 10 hours or more a day. Do you think companies where they need to be cautious they're going to believe that the associates and the team members want to come in less than they're going to want to come in. Mm -hmm. So they got to make sure they get enough space and, yes. and don't downsize too much. So they need to come up with a really well thought out plan. And, you know, the most important piece, honestly, is just to ask your people, you mm -hmm. know, put together those surveys. What's your ideal working situation? How many days a week do you think you need to come in? to the office physically, yep. what times are best? Because I do think you can see, I, I think office sharing is gonna be key. And the question is, do two people share an office or do three? How do you have enough meeting spaces and do those, do you have en enough prep spaces to where I can plug in and put my laptop together and get ready for the meeting for when my team gets the meeting space? So you've got when to you still have- When you think about have, it too, in those meeting spaces, you know, is there the right technology so that everyone can participate no matter where they're coming from? Because that's one of the things that I've been thinking about, well, my team has been thinking about is equipping conference rooms with the with systems, and we have a specific system that we found, but that have cameras so that somebody who dials in remote into the meeting gets to see everyone and they can see the person dialing in. So making equipping the spaces to deal with the hybrid model there might be some people in the in the conference room for the meeting and there might be some people from outside of the conference room and making sure that everyone has those opportunities to participate so there's a lot of additional infrastructure i think that will need to be thought about for these hybrid office models, you will, you know, it's a retention issue. I, I know I've, I've read some articles where there's people, and I think about software developers who are like, I don't want to go back to the office, or I only want to have to go in for meetings or whatever it might be. So I think you do risk some retention issues if you don't think about offering some sort of flexibility. The theme of this as we move through the topics and where mm -hmm. I'm going to probably start repeating myself mm -hmm. is don't assume you know what your people want. Yep. Because you may end up excluding them from things that they want to be involved in and you think you're doing them a favor. 
And you know what? I feel like that is a perfect segue into the into number two, which is nurturing culture gets more challenging in dispersed workplaces. So yeah, I think when it comes to work cultures, you need to listen. You need to have, you know, you need to have your ears to the ground and understand like what people are doing, how they're enjoying it. I mean, cultures can change. Of course, like you always have your idea on what the culture should be, but they all change. And I think this is one of those things, you know, I'm going to read a line from the article. It said, but culture is also vulnerable in times of crisis when decisions are being made on the fly and financial survival takes priority over most anything else. So uh, they talk about how, of course, your culture is your identity and whatnot, but also during this, it was really difficult for companies to figure out how to continue to have a great culture while dealing with fi- financial survival. Okay, when you move to that next step, you're able to uh, financially secure your company. What do you need to do to your culture to ensure that it continues to be a great place to work while adapting to the new world? Here's something that I think I haven't said enough on mm. previous podcasts. When we talk about culture and the importance of engagement and all these pieces, at the end of the day, those pieces aren't effective if you have bad management and bad leadership. And what I mean by that is what I think, and you may disagree with me here, Mm -hmm. but to me, I think one of the strongest indicators of a good leader is someone that knows their team as individuals and as a team. So what I mean by that is what makes Hannah Hampton excited to get out of bed in the morning is for a fact, I know it's not the same thing that makes Mick Danzig excited to get out of bed in the morning. Mm -hmm. And if a leader doesn't know that, it's going to get lost very easily. uh, And we're going to lose engagement in times like this when you have more remote Do you need to know everything about your team members' personal life? Absolutely not. And be careful the way you even try to find some things out. But you should know what motivates your team members. If they share the vision that you have for your department or your Mm -hmm. company, and just what, what gets them from point A to point B, most effectively, and it's is a win-win for both because that's what you're really doing. You want to find out how do I keep my people engaged and excited about our vision and mission, and at the same time, get the productivity and the end result that I need as a manager or business owner. So mm-hmm. it's a balancing act. But if you don't know your people, you're you're not going to engage them. Whether we give you foolproof million dollar ideas. You got to know your people. You've got to communicate oh, with yeah. them. But it's, it's well, what I was about to say, and now I've got the article in front of me on one of my monitors, associates know what lip service is as far as communication. If you're going through the motions, they know it. They're, you know, if they weren't smart, you wouldn't have hired them. And True. so you've got to make sure that the, the things you do, it, it's quality over quantity. That is really, that's a great point. Again, about that lip service, yeah, you really need to take some time to listen to what people want and then, you know, follow through on any commitments you make. If you say, hey, I'm going to, you know, we are going to figure out a way to bring people back to the office but still provide flexibility, well, then make that happen. Or if, uh, 
draw a hard line and say, hey, you know, we're going to we're going to invite everybody back to the office when it's safe. And we expect people to to do what they did before, which is report to the office every day. You know, you've got to share that as well. Uh, but certainly it's all about being uh, open and honest in your communication, because that's that's what that's what everyone wants. I feel like that's a no brainer, but that's exactly what everybody wants. <laughs> you know, another thing I was thinking about, and this is definitely going to turn into a two-parter. So we'll we'll make sure we don't fry everyone out. So that's mm-hmm. our, our commitment to you is making this two, putting it into two parts. Sure. The empathy piece, which we've talked about with COVID, and it needs to be part mm-hmm. of your, your culture, but true empathy and understanding. And here's what understanding comes into play. What your team member wants today they may not want the same thing in 30 days because yeah. everyone is still trying to figure out the long-term impact of the, going through this pandemic and how, you know, how it's going to hit them. And there are mm-hmm. people right now, they're like, oh my gosh, uh, I, I want to get back in the office. Please give me as much time, put me down for as much time as possible. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, as their kids' school schedule gets back to normal and other things start happening, they realize that having some flexibility in their schedule is going to make them more productive. So they may come back to you in 45 days and say, hey, I know I said I wanted to be in the office Monday through Friday and beg that you get an office that I can have that. But I realized, you know, there are other things that I need to get done. And I I know I can get more done if I can work from home and be more uh, effective. The last thing you want to do is respond with, well, you told me last time we spoke, this is what you wanted. Great no one point. knows what they want right now. Yeah, and I feel like also mindsets have changed too. I mean, you know, we've lost a great number of people to this terrible pandemic. And I feel like the people who lost loved ones or know someone who lost loved ones have really looked at their lives. And, and I feel like there's going to be a lot of changed perspective out there and realizing that spending their entire life working is not exactly what people want to do. So they want a little additional flexibility. So if they do need to go to something at their at their child's school or, you know, making sure they're not missing doctor's appointments or just, again, that extra, extra flexibility so that people can live their lives as best as they can is something that I think people will be looking for. And you're right. They might be itching to get back to the office. They're missing their coworkers. I know I miss my coworkers. They're missing their coworkers, and then you know once things get back to normal, they'll be like, "Now I'm missing that flexibility. I miss my uh, my work from home uniform, sweatpants or yoga pants or whatever it was." So I think it's uh, I think the world's just going to be so different when we get to our quote unquote new normal. Absolutely. And you've got a lot of bucket listing that's going to take place in Mm -hmm. the first year as well. And some of that bucket listing, there's going to be a backlash of reality. You know, I may say, hey, I'm going to take X amount of weeks off. I have said I was going to learn the guitar and I didn't do it during the pandemic. And now I'm going to go learn guitar and I, I need these personal time to do this and this. And then I suck at playing guitar. And so I'm better at recruiting than playing guitar. I want to now I want to work 50 hours again, whatever mm-hmm. it is. People are going to take some time to try things that they've realized they should have tried earlier. 
And some of those things aren't going to work. And there's some, mm-hmm. there's going to be some long-term effects. And this is where my approach to rehiring is going to drastically change. And that's an upcoming episode. The one thing that's going to be consistent in 2021 is the inconsistency oh, of yeah. knowing what people want and that even knowing what you yourself want. Oh, that's, you put it very well. I, I totally agree with that. So the next one is talent acquisition and retention remains critical. Well, oh my goodness, look at the time. Hannah Hampton, it looks like we've done it again. But before we close, why don't you tell our listeners how they can contact us? Yes. So we'd love to hear from you. Give us some feedback or share an article you want to hear us discuss. You can email us at hraftershoursmail at gmail.com. Mick, where can they find us on social media? We are all over the place, kind of like our conversation. <laughs> we are up and running on Facebook, and our address there is at HR After Hours. And of course, we're on Instagram, all one word, HR After Hours. And then Twitter is at HR underscore hours. So definitely check out our social media presence. We're always looking for new followers. I know that sounds thirsty, but it's very true. (laughs) And then, like Hannah said, shoot us some feedback. We'd love to hear what you like, what you'd like to see us do differently. Definitely any topics or questions you have for us. Because we're tired of just hearing how friggin' hot and sexy we are. Give us something (laughs) with a little meat on it. That's what she said. All right. Hannah, take us out of here. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and have a great rest of your day. 